Generator Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you heal, align, and expand your intuition. With high vibe content and lightened conversations and weekly energetic updates, we are here to help you get and stay lit by connecting you to your highest self. Get inspired by tuning in to today's episode of The Generator Podcast. Welcome to the Generator Podcast. I'm Laura. And I'm Victoria. We're so excited to have you guys tuning in to our very first episode. Today, we're going to be doing a get to know you podcast episode, and Victoria is going to kind of clue you in on who we are and why we're doing this. I'm going to tell them everything, Laura. Tell them all our secrets. No, no. Victoria has secrets. There's a whole store devoted to it. Bye, golly. (laughs) So I just, so the heart of this podcast, so the podcast is called the generator podcast. So the generator podcast is, it's based in the idea of like human design and the different energy types. Don't get too stressed out about that episode coming later, but imagine like we're here to light you up. We're here to help you get excited about your lives. And, but more than anything, we are here to help you learn to nurture and trust and heal your intuition and your relationship with your intuition. And honestly, just to be on the journey along next to you guys, because we've been going through our spiritual awakenings, I'd say for the past 29 years for me. (laughs) I think since I was born, I've been in a spiritual awakening. Um, And we're just here to really just offer like, we're down in the mud with you guys and offer insights and help and yeah. And also define some of these woo woo turns and concepts because a lot of this stuff gets tossed around like vibrations and chakras and astrology and all these really fun, high vibrational modalities, but it's really hard to actually figure out what the heck we are. They are. So we're going to really purpose on helping define a lot of that. So, and teaching you guys it, Laura. Yeah. I feel like in the beginning of our awakening, Victoria and I were very much on our own process and journey of learning about all this. So we were constantly finding new things and researching things and it was fun, but it also would have been so beneficial to have someone we could look to that was creating a platform for us to go on the journey of learning and growing in one place rather than hearing this podcast and hearing this article and this and that, and just like trying to piece all of it together and understand it. Cause there's so much information out there. We really wanted to kind of bring it all together and have a safe space for you guys to ask us questions. And yeah, like she said, go on the journey with us. Cause we're very much in this with you. We're not like experts on this. It's very much a day-to-day unfolding. We are not your gurus. Yes, we're not your gurus. And that's our heart is to actually get you connected to your own inner voice, your higher voice that tells you what you need, not what mine tells me to do. It's what yours tells you to do so that you can feel empowered in your own life. And we just kind of want to be a guide and a support for that. So we're going to jump right in with Victoria and hear a little bit about her cultural background upbringing. 
And lots of other things. <laughs> yes, lots of other things. But we'll start there. We'll start there. So what was the question? <laughs> what is your cultural background and upbringing? Cultural background. I was born in the farmlands of Greenville, South Carolina. Hallelujah. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I literally did not know that about you. Laura is finding out so much new information today. This is terrible. I did not know. Where did you think I was born? Nashville. No. Oh, wow. Okay, go on. Okay, okay. Well, Laura's <laughs> learning. So I was born in Greenville, South Carolina to my mom and dad. And <laughs> look, I'm just... <laughs> It could have been aliens. It could have been anybody, but it was two, a mother and a father. And yes. And my, as far as cultural background goes, my father is Israeli. And to be honest, every time I'm around his family, I find out a new ethnicity that his mother was. So Mm. I have no idea. They've like said Egyptian and Russian and this and that. Just really anything that grows a lot of dark hair. (laughs) I am that culture. (laughs) Like in dark funny. body hair was what we're talking about. Okay, okay. So, okay. oh yeah. So I got always got like the stash going on that we got to get waxed. Um, <laughs> just getting real vulnerable real fast. Anyway, so, and I have no idea what my mother is. She's white. Like that's pretty much what we're doing there. White, Irish maybe. I'm not really sure. Uh, for years, she told me that we were Native American and come to find out, no, no, no. This would only happen to me in my family line. My great-great-great-grandfather was the white Indian chief. And he was white. Right. But he, like, made friends with the Indian, like, the Native Americans. And, like, you can research him. He's, like, a real human. And they brought him into the tribe and named him an Indian or named him a chief. What? So I thought I was Native American, but come to find out, nay... I just, <laughs> nay, I just was really good at, you know, getting into other people's cultures, apparently, and learning about them and embracing them, which is really cool. So, so he was that, a cult leader. No, it was like just... cult leader. <laughs> that came later. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> anyway, so, but my father is uh, of Jewish descent and my mom is Christian, was raised Christian. My dad was also raised Christian and they were Methodist growing up. And my dad died right before I turned three, like eight days before. And that happened in South Carolina. And then where Laura thinks I'm from Nashville, (laughs) I I moved to Nashville when I was four, when my mom got remarried to my stepdad because he was a sound engineer and worked and toured in Nashville. So we moved here, which is where I currently live. And I have a little brother that's 21 months younger than me. Um, Grew up in Nashville, Franklin area, went to high school, went to college, got my degree in music. And then the rest is history, really, is what they say in the movies and the films. And that's where (laughs) we are. So that's a little bit about my growing up. I, I tried it. And I didn't like it, so I'm growing back down now. <laughs> growing back down. That's that's something growing. I've never heard. I'm growing back down. You'd also never heard I was born in South Carolina, so let's keep it going. I literally had zero idea. 
I love that so much. At That's all. hilarious. Also, I feel like you should mention, just for, like, future reference, when you're, like, referring to car crashes that you've been through, that your dad died in a car crash. Do you want to share any more details about that? Um, I can. He died in a car accident. Um, it was right before Christmas, so we got to enter a con or somebody entered us into a contest that year in the radio station called The Worst Christmas Ever, and we won because we were all in the car accident and my mom was severely injured. My brother didn't get a scratch on him. I suffered. I think I um, had a hairline fracture in my collarbone glass went in my forehead. But as far as like severe physical trauma, I didn't have anything like that. My mom did. They thought she was going to die. Um, her whole hip and foot is like recreated with metal and she's metal in so much of her body and yeah, and she went from, you know, being married at 34 with having two kids to having a traumatic head-on collision with all of us in the car and lost her husband. So she... And was it to a drunk, a drunk, why can't I say that word, drunk driver? No, we were on our way. It was actually my, it was actually my dad's fault. He overcorrected. Okay, okay. Because okay, somebody okay. was like speeding past us and then he pulled off the road because it kind of it was like a two-lane highway and then he overcorrected and hit somebody head on. So when I say it was his fault, quote unquote, but it was very much of an accident. It wasn't like sure. negligence or anything. It was just honestly just overcorrecting on a steering wheel and really unfortunate what happened. But I hate that. Yeah. I, yeah. But that's and I will get way, I'm just so you know, I, that <laughs> I will get way more into that on different episodes. I feel like I'm definitely kind of glossing over it. No, it's just wasn't a big deal. And this happened and this was just a thing. It very much affected me. It very much affected my family. It's something I've spent years grieving through and working through and processing through. Um, and actually the anniversary of his death is coming up in a couple of weeks. So oh we might even do an episode on like grief and the holidays. That would be so good. Cause I feel like you have gotten so much like breakthrough in understanding how to grieve and all of the inner healing work that you've done. Mm -hmm. You've really, I feel like you'd be a great example for people to yeah. look at on how to grieve really like close deaths like that. Yeah. And there's nothing more painful or, life-shattering yeah especially that early of an age it was really absolutely it was, yeah it'll 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 mess you up but I will say that having said that there there are so many things that I got as a result of that just from the fact that I really have always really trusted myself when it comes to my gut feelings and my intuition and what I believe because when something like that happens when you're a kid all of a sudden you're like, oh, no one has this figured out. <laughs> There's not a right answer. And this is, no one can tell me what to believe and what to do because this horrible thing happened. And I felt a lot of permission to have my own life. I think when something like that happens, what doesn't matter to you is the clothes you have and the toys you're playing with and how yep. much money you have. And if, I mean, of course I've struggled with body image and the way I look just like every other girl and human on the whole planet. But I do think that I've had a very 
detached view when it comes to the material plane, because I do see how fleeting it is and how it could all get taken away from you overnight. And that's you having that awareness at that young of an age will either make you very uh, destructive and you know, nihilistic in your thinking and or very centered and grounded with honestly just the ever-changingness of life and that nothing's permanent and that you're out of control. Yeah. And I would say that's probably one of my favorite things about you is your ability to find the silver lining and things and not from a place right. of denial, but from like an empowered stance of like, okay, what is it that I can learn from this that will throw me forward and give me more connection to myself and greater freedom and not stay stuck in the like denial of my pain or trying to pretend like everything is okay. And that's why I think it's so powerful for you to talk on that and share on that in greater detail, because it, I, I have never lost someone super close to me, but watching you and your process with it has given me so much clarity for how I could handle it and how, and even in my own, like in other areas where I've mm -hmm. had loss, like you've been such a great example of how you take it, feel it, and then transform mm -hmm. it to throw yeah. you forward. Thanks. Thanks so much for sharing that, Victoria. I really appreciate all of your experience and your process with that. So let's move into the next question. What would you say is your greatest strength and weakness? My sex appeal is definitely my greatest strength. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie. That is definitely up there. Da, 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 da. Um, and everyone's now going to look at your photo on Instagram. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And they're going to be like, totally. That's her greatest. Da. That's her greatest. That strength. dark hair, though. Yo, yo. <laughs> my greatest strength, I think, is my ability to, I think I'm very resilient. And oh, yeah, yeah, I think I'm extremely and I know probably coming off what we just said, that sounds pretty obvious. Well, maybe not. You guys don't know how crazy I got in the midst of it. But <laughs> <laughs> there was there was some cry. But I think I am very resilient. And I, I think when I get the wind knocked out of me so much to the point that I'm actually hopeless. I feel so confused and disoriented because it's such uncharted territory for me. I can probably count on my hands, one hand, the times in my life that I felt completely hopeless. I just always have this like something good is coming and it does and it has. So yeah, I think my resilience and I don't stay, I do go, I fall just like everybody, but I don't stay down super long. So I think that's probably my greatest, one of my greatest strengths. Also probably my ability to follow my gut and my intuition. I think that's a huge strength for me. Um, and just really just trusting the way that I see the world. I have lots of strengths, just like we all mm -hmm. do. We're strengths. Yeah, keep going, We're, keep going. Let's just go through them all. Um, also yeah. having said that, I think that that can in turn be my greatest weakness because because I'm so resilient, sometimes I let things get too far and things can break down very heavily in my life. And I'm like, it's, it's okay. I'll be okay. I'll be okay. When, yeah, I will be okay. But sometimes I think I'm not always aware of how things are affecting me and the day to day and the, and how hard something is and how painful something is because, yeah. you know, and it's, 
there's no such, there's all, every light has a shadow. So, you know, it's beautiful that I see the silver lining and everything. And it's beautiful that I am so resilient. Also, that means that sometimes I'm not always human in processing my emotions or it takes right. me a while to get there. So right. that's, yeah, I, I think it's important to look at strengths and weaknesses like that, like the opposite side of the same coin, because nothing exists in a vacuum. So that's, that's kind of my thoughts. I like that. Thanks. That's thanks. What are you passionate about? Mm, my sexiness. For sure. I, <laughs> I like how pay. this is all coming back to your like <laughs> sex appeal, how sexy you are. What is going I on over there? I just had a weekend with my boyfriend and he told me how pretty I was over and over. So I just feel very <laughs> in my womanness right now. I'm loving it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. So what am I passionate about? I'm really passionate about, obviously, people getting in touch with their own power, their own intuition. I'm really, really passionate about the metaphysicals of the metaphysical. I'm very passionate about what we don't see. And I would say just kind of in a, you know, dork, like I'm really passionate about astrology. I think it is so helpful and it's changed the way I see myself. It's changed the way I see so many people. And, you know, once I decided that it wasn't of the devil, it has become this really amazing tool that I can use to help understand myself, understand what processes I'm going through, yada, yada, yada. So those are the things and lots of things. Music, I'm really passionate about that. I'm really passionate about connecting to people and healthy relationships and all those things. But yeah, I think right now that's what I'm passionate about is really, I love that. yeah, those, those things. And it's always evolving with you, which we'll talk about your human design in a little mm, bit. Yeah. Because of your human design, you do change things up often and find that you're lit up by different topics and different activities all the time, mm -hmm. which I love about you. Yeah. You keep it fresh. And so it's fun because whenever you get involved in something, you like jump all the way in, you learn everything <laughs> about it. You keep everyone around you, all the things, and then you move on. And we're like, oh, we're so much better because we just grew in that area and we didn't have to do all the research and she did it for us. So it's a, such a gift to have you be the way that you were designed. Oh, thank you. I appreciate so that. Let's, yeah. Let's jump into the next one, which is what is your spiritual practice? Mm. Well, we're going to have to come back to my sexiness. I'm just kidding. Oh, dear God. <laughs> I was like, I can't pull this in. This How do I pull it in this time? Okay. No. So, well. Um, well, actually, you could. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, you totally can do that. Um, <laughs> but having said spiritual practice, well, it's, like you said, it's ever evolving. Right now, it's very focused on grounding. And I really love salt baths. And mm. just, oh, girl, I know you and me both. We can just like live oh, yeah. in a salt delicious. bath. Not just together. Delicious. Oh, we're separate. Well, totally oh, separate. Different, different. We're not together. <laughs> okay. Um, next question. I'm flustered now. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> grounding. Um, grounding, grounding. Yes, yes. So my spiritual practice looks like I work with crystals pretty much every day and I work with sage and really, but those are all just tools. It's really just for me about 
really grounding into my own body and checking in. I and meditating. So I meditate. I do do different types of meditation. I don't have like one that I do every day. Um, I really, really love Kundalini yoga. Kundalini and Yin yoga are kind of my two go-to yogas, and I alternate based on the day and how I'm feeling. So I try to do that like first and foremost, that's my part of big part of my spiritual practice is getting in my body quick. So actually the first thing I do, if we're talking like spiritual routine is I drink Mm -hmm. a ton of water, like 40 ounces of water first thing. And that just immediately. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, but you're talking about 40 ounces first thing when you wake up. Oh yeah. Girl, it'll change your life. Wow, It'll change your life. Because you're so dehydrated from the night. 40 ounces? Uh-huh. I might feel like I'm going to explode if I like threw that much water in my body in the beginning. No. I mean, like it it doesn't feel, I mean, 25 ounces I can get down like immediately, no problem. And then I might sip on the, because it's probably more like 50 ounces because I do two like bottles of like 25 ounces. But yeah, I do that like pretty much first thing in the morning and it gets you moving, you know. I'm talking about your digestion and your poop. (laughs) So get you moving, get you awake, get you ready. So I do that. And then I'm always trying to read a book for me. I mean, really my whole goal is just stay off my phone as long as possible. (laughs) Because as soon as I get into the phone, I get into thinking and doing and I get out of my body, I get in my head and all is lost. So setting up my day well, water, yoga, doing a meditation, you know, clearing crystals if I feel like I need to do that and just really checking in with myself, setting an intention for the day and yeah, making space to cry if I need to cry. And then I try to read. That's something I try to do every day. And, and I mean, a spiritual books, like right now, I pretty much feel like I've been reading Eckhart Tolle's A New Earth for like a year. And because I just I get done and I reread it. I get done and I reread it because it's just so dense and gorgeous. So I maybe read for like 10 or 15 minutes. So that's my spiritual practice. And really, I feel like my whole life is a spiritual practice because I'm constantly, yeah, I'm constantly talking to God and just communicating. And yeah, so a lot of times the first thing I do in the morning is I wake up and I'm like, oh my gosh, all these dreams. And I like interpret them and write down what they are and you know, meditate on them. So that's, geez, you're so disciplined. I love it. Let's be real. I don't do that every day, just like that, but that's like the ideal morning. I do try to do yoga and meditate every morning. I would say that. But what I mean is like, you're consistent with doing something. If I don't, I can feel it. Like I have to. Yeah. Yeah. I feel cray. I mean, I know that I should too, but I don't. (laughs) I still don't. I mean, I, I try to, but I'm not as consistent with it. But I do notice a difference. I always feel oh, yeah. better when I am consistent. Heck yeah. Beautiful. Well, we kind of touched on your human design earlier and how you like jump into things, get lit up and like learn all about it and then move on. So tell us a little bit about your human design my human and astrology. Okay. So my human design, I'm a manifesting generator. If you guys don't know about human design, you should go and look up, look, Google it like free. We'll put it in the show notes, free human design chart. You'll need your birth information. So your birth time, place, 
and time. I just said that date, place, and time. So you'll need all that anyway, but we're going to do a whole episode on it, probably several, but anyway, manifesting generator. So yeah, like Laura was saying, I get really stoked and excited about things and I get obsessive. So I will learn everything about a subject as soon as it sparks my interest. And I do that with jobs too. I'll have a job that people are like, how did you get that job? What are you even doing? Like our, oh, and, and then I'll take classes that make no sense. I took an online, it wasn't like graded or anything, but I took an online math class from like MIT last year, I think, just because linear algebra, just because I wanted to, and I thought it would be fun. And then it stopped being fun and I stopped doing it. So it's, but I find that it, the manifesting generator energy, it's, it's like taking all these paths and it feels like they're not connected. And then all of a sudden you're like, whoa, that's super connected and crazy. And how did that all come together? But it's really, I think if you're, if I'm living my design, it's a really cool synchronistic thing that I get to see with the universe of how they pull in all of my different passions. And yeah, I manifesting generators were here to do a whole lot of things and teach people and get other people lit up about them and then move on and do something else. So we're not necessarily here to do one thing. And that's something that when I learned about that and my design, I was like, I felt like I could just like exhale, super helpful. And then my astrology, again, we will do so many episodes on this, I'm sure. But my sun sign, I'm a Capricorn, moon, I'm a Libra, and my rising sign is Leo. But I very much identify with my moon sign, and I feel like a little Libra all the time. So <laughs> you are such I'm a Libra. Such a Libra. I'm so aware of relationships and like harmony and balance and and aesthetics, like I want everything to be even and symmetrical all the time. It really bothers me when it's not. So that's my... And are, are Libras a little OCD? Mm, not necessarily. I mean, there's tons of things in the chart that... make They're very aware of aesthetics. So they want things to look good. So I would say maybe they can be because they want something... To, I would say if you're going to like stare... I mean, again, if it's conjunct with something your my moon is or is in a certain house I can it lends you to be a bit more OCD um I would say if you're gonna like box somebody into the OCD it'd be a Virgo Virgo is a bit Mm, more OCD and perfectionistic that energy so that yeah and we'll go into a lot more of that but that's kind of just a little a little flavor about that I love it I love it Well, for our last thing, I would love to hear a story of where you followed your intuition and it wound up with a magical outcome. Magic. Um, I have so many. I would probably say the most magical one was, oh man, I don't even know. Probably my move to Nashville. And that's a very long story. Mm -hmm. And I would love to go into great depth about that at some point, because I think it has so many great examples of following your intuition and the different stages of it. But I'll give like a little minute synopsis of it just for the sake of time. Basically, I had a ping at the beginning of 2017 that I was like, oh my gosh, I need to move back to Nashville. And then 
nothing happened for a really long time. And I came back to where I was because I was living in California. And I was like, okay, I need to do this. And then came back and nothing happened. And I didn't really feel a push or anything. And then, um, but I heard you need to move in August. You need to move back to Nashville in August. I did not listen to that. I did not do that. And then August 1st, I was on a plane on my way to Nashville because my mom had a slip in a procedure she was getting done. And I was on a plane that day to Nashville and bought a ticket two hours before the flight took off and was there. And I it didn't really all connect with me until I was there for a few days. And I was like, oh my gosh, I, if I would have listened to that, I would have been here. And then within two weeks, I got out of a lease. I just signed. I found, I got, and I said, the only person I would want to live with was my college roommate. And I called him randomly and I was like, you don't need a roommate, do you? And he was like, girl, oh my gosh, I just moved into this apartment and I hate it and I need to move out and I want to move like immediately. And first, you know, first thing we looked at, we got, they had lowered the price by a thousand dollars. It was right where we wanted to live. Perfect price point. I'm still in that apartment today. And yeah, within six weeks, I moved my entire life across the country and it was completely all intuitively led because it made no logical sense. And people were like, where are you going? Where are you moving? And I was like, I don't know. But it was almost this, like, I it, I could feel how energetically aligned it was for me to go and how not in alignment it was for me to stay where I was. And not, like, scared, like I was afraid of what would happen if I didn't do it, but a little bit because I just knew it was going to get harder and harder. Because right. when you don't follow your intuition, it just, it does. It gets harder and harder because you get further and further out of alignment and you get stuck more in logic and it's almost like your world has to start breaking down. So you know that you need to change it. So there was a part of me that was like, I have to listen. I was more afraid of what was going to happen if I didn't follow my intuition than I was what people thought or what it was going to do to me financially, or if it was the right decision. I was like, don't even care. It, it doesn't, and it didn't feel like my job to hold that up. So, and it's manifested beautifully. And I think about my life now versus my life two years ago and it's magical and I love it and I'm very happy. So that's a fun little story about that. So, and you're living your best life. I am living so many of the dreams, so many of the desires of your heart. And you're finally like really grounded and rooted in where you're at because you've been developing your community and your intuition and everything. So now it feels like it's really gotten you back into your flow. Yeah, totally. And it's, it's, yeah, absolutely. I'm with my boyfriend who I love dearly and he's great and he was here and I knew him before and that's a really intuitive, crazy story too. So I would love to share about that at some point, but yeah, I'm super excited to be doing what I'm doing and stoked to be doing this podcast with you. And I, for yeah. a, I know I would not be where I am had I not left what I was doing because right. it was too comfortable. Right. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. So now, thanks so much for interviewing me, Laura. That felt so fun. Oh my gosh.
gosh. I love that I learned something new about you. I know. I was like laughing. I was like, oh, wow. This is like turning into a real interview. <laughs> We're not going to have to fake it for the people anymore. This is real. My God. <laughs> okay. So guys, I'm going to just go ahead and let the cat out of the bag. I'm about to ask Laura the same questions. The same questions. <laughs> These are not going to be new questions, so hold on to your seats, but I am going to repeat the question because unless you're a weirdo and you just wrote all the questions down and then put my answers down, and if you did, I'm vain enough that I might enjoy that, but <laughs> but I will repeat the questions. So Laura, tell us about your cultural upbringing, background, childhood, all that jazz. Yes. So I grew up in Indiana in a very small town surrounded by cornfields. And I I can attest that that is all that is in Indiana because I just got back from there today. And that was cornfields. She's right. That's all that's there. That's, that's pretty much it. And as a very adventurous, active person, I always felt so confused. I'm like, there's nothing to do here. I don't feel like I fit in. And I mean, I did get to do a lot of things like we had four wheelers and dirt bikes and go karts and all those kinds of things. But I still was like, I just don't feel like I fit in here with my heart's desire. But all of that to say, I'm really thankful that I grew up in such a small town because it did teach me um, a lot of character building lessons. And I've had a lot of people that I've worked for comment on my work ethic. And I attribute that a lot to the environment that I grew up in because Indiana is very much like you help your neighbors, you work really hard, you, um, yeah, essentially you're not afraid of hard work. Like that's what it comes back to. Like you're not afraid of hard work. And as a person living in California and different places I've been to, I've realized that that's not something that everyone has. No, it is not. It's shocking to me because in Indiana, at least where I grew up, that was everywhere. Everyone supported each other. Not everyone. That's, you know, I'm being extreme. But like in my neighborhood, we all checked, like we all looked out for one another. We checked on each other's houses. We like would give, we were, you know, the, where you talk about in movies where you like go to your neighbor's house to get a cup of sugar. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. That was like weekly. Like we would always go to our neighbors' houses when we didn't have something to get what we needed. Why didn't you guys buy sugar? You did this <laughs> weekly. You had to go to these people's house weekly. Well, here's what I'll kidding. say: <laughs> living in the cornfields, we had to drive a ways to get to a grocery store. That makes sense. Yeah, so we couldn't just pop on over to the grocery store and pick up a, a cup of sugar or a bag of sugar, like. No, you went to your neighbor's house and you borrowed from them. And then when you went to the grocery store, you brought back what you borrowed from them. Anyways, that being said, I grew up in that type of environment and a very conservative Christian home. Mm-hmm. So we went to church and the first few, first few years of my life, we were going to this church that wound up turning into a cult. <laughs> And we didn't really see it coming. It was a very like slow, gradual, you know how they are. And so I grew up in that. Laura says this like we were all in cults. Laura, we don't know (laughs) if that's how they are. You know how they are. 
I've been in so many cults in my life that I'm like, everybody has this experience, right? And now we're finally starting our own. Welcome to the Generator Podcast. Exactly. <laughs> That's why I made that joke about your great grandfather, whatever, being a cult leader. Because that's like in my brain. I'm just like, oh yeah, he like he like convinced these Native Americans to make him. You might this be right, gene. Laura. We weren't I'm there. Serious. Very possible. Okay. Oh my so you grew yeah, up so in a cult. I I grew. I started out in a cult, and then we went to a different church at age three. And because when I was, um, we were in that church for so many years, my parents got a lot of their belief systems from there. So that transferred over to everywhere that we went and how they parented me. So even though we left the cult at three, there was still all of these controlling, um, domineering beliefs of like, you make your kids obey you. They have to do, there's a lot of punishment involved. There's a lot of Control, like control and fear were like the two most dominant feelings of my childhood. (laughs) So fast forward a little bit, because I don't want to get too deep. I went to several different schools, um, three, and I didn't realize throughout that journey that I had a learning, I had a couple learning disabilities. So I struggled immensely from like day one of going to school, like kindergarten. I remember being like, Oh, I'm stupid. I can't even like memorize my ABCs. (laughs) And it just continued on from that. So a lot of my life, I have felt not good enough. I felt unintelligent and had lots of fear and felt like, my vo- I didn't, my own internal intuition voice was not nurtured. So I was literally created in the environment to listen to everybody else tell me how to think and feel. So my whole life's experience has been untangling all of the beliefs that other people have told me or whatever, and actually getting tuned into my own thoughts and feelings about what I think and trusting it. So, yeah, that was kind of what I grew up in. Cool. So, much more story, much more story we have to get into. <laughs> yeah, I'm I like, I don't want to get too deep because this could get real deep, but I just want to kind of graze over it a little just, bit. We're, this is a grazing episode. It's we're just, grazing. we're like the cows in the cornfields. We're grazing. Mm, that's not oh, where they okay. eat. That's not where oh. they eat. Well, cows eat grass. Yeah, but they're not grazing in the cornfields. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You. They may. I don't know. Okay. Next Maybe. question. So, t- so you kind of actually touched on this a little bit. Well, you talked about so like some learning disability stuff. But what do you feel like? I don't know if. Laura is a way better interviewer than I. What is your greatest <laughs> strength and greatest weakness? Okay, so my greatest strength and my greatest weakness, I'm going to keep it short and sweet. I feel like because of the different environments that I've gone through, the several cults, the learning disabilities, the like, you know, even moving out of my hometown into California and then finding my own path there, I feel like I've been through so much and I'm only 27 years old. I feel like I thrive in hard situations. So I would say my ability 
to adapt to any environment. And I have developed, and because of my learning disabilities, it's caused me to take a thousand different routes to get to an outcome. Whereas someone who doesn't struggle with what I struggle with, they might think, oh, there's just one route and here you go. And this is like how you think about it and very logical minded. I'm like, no, like my brain it processes things differently. So I can come up with like five different scenarios and routes to get there. So I feel like even though that's been one of my weaknesses, like you were saying earlier, your strength and your weakness, the shadow of it, that's the same for me. Like, even though that's been a weakness of mine, it's also been a strength. And I also feel like my strength is communication, communicating with people, communicating my feelings, communicating, um, even like details and delegating things. So those are my strengths. I would say my weaknesses (laughs) because of my upbringing, I am very critical of myself. And this leaves me usually getting um, like feeling deflated before I even start because I will like think it out in my mind or imagine the scenario. And then I'll think of all the steps that are needed to get there. And then I just get overwhelmed and give up. And then I'm like super critical of myself in the process about like, can I handle this? Am I smart enough? Do I have what it takes? And it just kind of becomes this whole down spiral. So those are kind of my strengths and my weaknesses. Which is debilitating and really hard to get. But it's also, you know, I think a lot of people struggle with that. So I think a lot of people will resonate. I mean, I think everybody is critical of themselves to some extent. I mean, I'm critical of myself. Um, to some extent, but yeah, having that like crippling because you're your cheerleader, you're your, you're the person that you hear all the time. Yep, exactly. Yeah. It's definitely like something that I am always working on is to have greater compassion for myself and even for others. Like even in my relationship with my boyfriend, he is a Sagittarius and is a big dreamer and thinks really grandiose. And in my mind, I'm like, picking it apart the whole entire time he's telling me something. Cause I'm like, there's so many things that need to be done. And I get really critical. And then he feels deflated and I'm like, Oh, this is not working. I need to fix this. I need to just give him space to dream. Yeah. You have, you also have your relationship. You have Jupiter and Virgo, which is in your relationship house, which makes you can make people a bit critical of their partners and their relationships in general. So yeah, that's that's real, real. (laughs) Yeah. You actually, you asked about the, oh, which one is that like OCD is Libra OCD. And I said, no, probably Virgo would be more OCD. So that kind of go, can be really perfectionistic. And also wherever you have fun fact, little freebie for everywhere, wherever you have Jupiter in your chart, it's kind of like a big exclamation point. So it's not just that energy a little bit. It's that energy like times 10. So even if you don't have any other planets in Virgo in your whole chart, but you have Jupiter in Virgo, you're going to have a lot of Virgo energy. So where is your Jupiter at? My Jupiter is in Cancer, which is, and it's in my 12th house, which is intuition, the psyche, um, the mystical realm, the metaphysical realm. And it's in Cancer, which is very intuitive and nurturing. And so pretty much this whole podcast, just right in there, just, um, I also, yeah, so that's where mine is. So I, it, it, even though that's the only place I have water in my whole chart, um, it's 
Jupiter. So it's still a lot of water. So I used to think before I really got into astrology, I was like, I have no water in my chart. Why am I so emotional? Because I'll cry at the drop (laughs) of a hat and literally will cry about anything. And I remember them tell, like, you know, when I first learned about water signs, I was like, surely something in my chart is a water sign. But I think actually in Vedic astrology, I'm a cancer rising, Hmm. which Vedic's a different calculation system. I'm a Sagittarius sun and a cancer rising. So, hmm. yeah, interesting. Anyway, so, um, yeah, a <laughs> little, little astrology blurb. So, Laura, tell us what you're passionate about. I'm passionate about. I love how we're doing these, like, weird accent type things. <laughs> like, you this are is my life. About. My life is one big weird accent. <laughs> okay. I feel I'll like tell- I'm falling into it. Oh, you should. It's so fun. It's like living in a movie and you get to play all these different characters at one time. I love that. I love that. So what are you passionate about? What I'm passionate about? Uh, I really love community and people. I, it's, it lights me up. It's, you know, my, well, it's my North node, (laughs) which I don't think we're going to get into that in my astrology, but it's, all around healthy community and relationships. And so that really is my heart is to help people evolve. Like I love, love, love seeing people evolve and supporting them through that. And I've said for many years that my goal is that people would feel seen, heard, and known by me. So I work very hard and intentionally with my core people to invest into them so that they feel like they're like getting fully seen, heard, and known. Like I want all the aspects to be loved and taken care of. I don't want to just love someone on one level. Like I'm like, let me see how I can love you unconditionally on every aspect because I feel like that is what I'm here to do. And also that is when transformation happens is when someone feels like they're completely unconditionally loved for every part of who they are. So I love transformation. It lights me up. I love supporting people in that, which is why I do coaching, empowerment coaching for people is because I really love creating space for anything to come up, emotions, fears, limiting belief systems, and then being able to support them and give them the cheerleader that I always wanted to have. I always wanted someone to be my cheerleader, not tell me what to do. And that wasn't the case. I always found myself because of the cult dynamics, like in situations where people were telling me what to do rather than just standing on the sidelines going, I believe in you, you have what it takes. So now that I've really stepped into that for myself, I want to replicate that and do that for other people as well. As well as I love acro yoga and salsa dancing. Oh yeah. I love that. And I think that's a way that you've stepped into your own powers, those two things. So mm-hmm. super, Lynn, I can say she is very empowering and very encouraging mm-hmm. and good at like seeing what people like their magic spark and helping them ignite it. You should mm-hmm. really use that as a quote because that was real good. You should go ahead and put that somewhere. I'm just here like to that. find your magic spark and ignite you. But, oh my gosh, right? so beautiful. Right? I, I read that on a Kellogg's box this morning. It's just <laughs> really inspirational. I just had no idea. Lucky charms. Those will get you. Yeah, yo, I am like, 
Uh, this is me, unfiltered, raw, happy. So tell us in your own accent a little bit about your spiritual oh, practice. My spiritual practice. Um, yeah, so I feel like it's very similar to Victoria's in a lot of ways, which is kind of funny to me. I'm like, oh, yeah, we do a lot of the same things. Um, I am obsessed with baths. I love them. I love Not with me. I want to clarify. (laughs) And also for those of you who are just tuning in to our podcast, we do not even live in the same area. I live in Mount Shasta, California, and Victoria lives in Nashville, Tennessee. So it is physically impossible to take baths together. Also, they're all just tuning into our podcast. This is the first episode. Yeah, there you go. You're right. right. So that's a very good thing to say. Probably should have been said at the beginning. So I'm glad that our bath time could bring that out. (laughs) We should have told everyone in the beginning, we do not live in the same place. And therefore do not take baths together. Correct. But I love candlelit baths. I love turning on like a meditation and sinking into my salt bath and like really tuning into my heart and giving myself space to feel whatever that looks like, whether it's crying, whether it's getting angry or being happy and giggling. Like I, it's really helps me to open up, like to be fully submerged and feeling embraced by the water allows me to feel like I have all my defenses down and anything can come up and I can just hold it, love it and embrace it. So that's like almost an everyday thing for me. I love that. I, I I just realized why bath, you know why it's so cool that we take baths because it's a very inefficient way to get yourself clean, but it's something we did in childhood. Yeah. It like brings you back to child likeness. Oh yeah, absolutely. I loved baths as a kid. Yeah, me too. I mean, I still love them, obviously. Okay, so past baths, what else? So I love, see, I'm such a Pisces. I love water. So I'm like, I love to sit next to rushing water. I love to take baths. I'm like, I love drinking, but God forbid, don't (laughs) drink 40 ounces in the morning. You'll piss your brains out. I don't even, I think I would literally get nauseous if I drank that much water. That would be so much, but I do drink lemon water in the morning. I try to do that as much as possible. That super helps out. Mm -hmm. I can never say this word, alkalize. Alkaline. Alkalize? Yeah, that word. It's really great for your pH. And so I try to be really intentional with that because my body needs it. So there's that. And then I do like deep breathing, breath work, um, depending on what I'm looking for. If it's just like taking long, slow, deep breaths or doing the breath of fire or whatever. Um, and then singing bowls is like my newfound passion. I love them. The resonance of them, the sound of them, and then getting to sing while I do that. I actually did that today. I was like in a space of like having all these fears inside of my head, all these things that I was processing. And I just felt like I needed an energetic release and almost a, um, yeah, just kind of like my prayer time. And so I, I played the singing bowl and I just sang in tongues, which probably a lot of you maybe have no idea what that is, but it's on my own spiritual language. And I just did that as I played the singing bowl and allowed my heart and my soul to just let everything out. Like I'm just sending it all to God, like releasing it and surrendering it and knowing that the best outcome and the solutions are coming to me. And I don't have to keep 
like staying in a place of fear and, and communicating over and over. I need this thing. I need this thing. (laughs) So it helps me release. And that's something that is so important in my life for my spiritual practice is singing because it really helps me connect to my heart and my inner child. So if I'm feeling like I, my dad used to say, I can always tell when you're happy because you're singing if you're happy. And it's true. Like a really great gauge for my well-being is if I'm singing a lot, then you know I'm really happy. If I'm not singing, then I'm stuck in my head. And I'm a little songbird. So that's been a big thing even before I understood about meditation or Epsom salt pads. Like since I was a little girl, my meditative spiritual practice has been singing. I love it. I'm a little songbird. That's what yeah. I am. I'm a little songbird. I'm a little songbird. I'm a little songbird. Um, I love that. Do you find that singing also helps you? Like, even if you are in your head, do you think singing helps you get out of your head? Like it works the other way too? Oh, absolutely. And I like, I, so one of the things that I do to get in touch with my little kid self, oh gosh, that I think about it just makes me Google inside. So my boyfriend and I talk to each other, like little kids back and forth. Mm-hmm. So if I feel stuck in my head and my my defenses are up, I'll just start like, I'm just so cute. And look at me. I'm just a cute little lovebird. And I'm just talking this cute little voice. And I'll just think about how cute I am as this little two-year-old girl who's just so innocent and beautiful and loves life. And, and you're making fun of my accents. You do this all the time, apparently. <laughs> Yeah, but this is like my child self. I'm not pretending to be something else. That is who I am. I am a Russian backup dancer. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So you talk in this cute childlike voice. So it, and that's the thing. I also know that I've gotten so much breakthrough in my heart because of that, because I would have criticized the heck out of that. I would have been like, that is so dumb. It is a waste of time, but I'm like, no, actually when I'm connected to myself and feeling vulnerable and feeling playful, I naturally go into that little kid voice because that's who I am inside. And so if I feel like I'm getting into my adult logic brain and I'm so caught up in the chaos, I'm like, no, I need to get back in my childlike playful self. And so I access that all the time. And that's a spiritual practice is playfulness and childlikeness. I love that. I love that. I think that's super fun. And yes, I've heard you do that voice a lot. I can attest that that is a real voice that you use. (laughs) Every day. Every day. Okay, so tell me a little bit about your human design and also your astrology, Jazz. Yes, yeah. So my human design is a generator. So I am here to light you up. The Generator Podcast. Yeah, I was just going to say that. I just wanted to, oh, damn it. I'm sorry. I ruined ruined everything. Oh, my God. I love how life-giving this is. (laughs) (laughs) So we're both. So I know that Victoria is a manifesting generator, but she has generator in her design She's just not fully a generator. I am fully a generator, which means that I am a workhorse. I can put in tons of work to anything that I'm lit up about. And if I'm not lit up, I am, I look dull. Like I don't look filled up with light and life. And my whole creation is to light people up. Like that is my design. I am here to do what I love and inspire and light people up and get them excited 
and be like a, a sun wherever I go into, like a shining bright light. So my goal in life is to consistently find things that light me up. And that's actually been a difficult thing for me, especially with my upbringing. I thought a lot of times I just needed to, like I was talking about earlier, just hard work is everything. It's not about doing what you love. It's not about making money, doing what you love. It's just about hard work and grinding. And, you know, that sounds so weird. It's about hard work. (laughs) But no, I'm actually supposed to do things that make me happy and light me up. So that's a generator. Um, And then I wanted to touch on like manifesting, like the abstract as opposed to specific manifester, because this is something that I just got like a really big rep revelation on. So a specific manifester is when you need to be very particular about like, I want this car, I want this color, I want this make, I want this model, like be very specific on what you want to manifest. An abstract manifester is like get an idea and a feel for what you want and then trust God, angels, universe to bring you what you're supposed to have or your desire is. And I thought for the longest time that I was a specific manifester, which actually was a disservice to me because my very goal is to like try to learn how to let go of control in my life and being a specific manifester I kept leaning into control like I needed to control or manifest what I wanted and then just recently I realized I'm an abstract manifester which has given me so much clarity and freedom to let go of more control in my life so human design has really changed my life I've learned so much about myself and it's given me language for the way that I work and giving me permission to be me and not to try to be like someone else and fit into manifestors, that category. Um, and then my astrology sign is I'm a sun, Pisces sun, a moon. My moon is in Taurus. My Taurus is in moon. I don't know how to say it. I'm I'm not an astrology nerd. My moon is in Taurus and I'm a Pisces rising. So a double Pisces with a Taurus moon. Yep. All the, all the water. Um, I just want to, I, I'm my little human design fact. I'm like Monica on the fact checker of human design and astrology. That's not me at all. I'm terrible. Laura's actually way better at details and fact checking (laughs) than I ever thought about being. So this is probably the one, this is probably human design and astrology are the only two topics I'll ever be like, oh yeah, let me clarify because I'm a dork about them. So um, a manifesting generator is fully a generator. It's fully a generator and fully a manifester. So they're like combined hybrids. So everything Laura just said, I'm just saying that if somebody looks up their design and you're a manifesting generator, everything Laura just said applies to you. And that's good to know. Yeah. Cause it's, it's actually a hybrid of the two. So I have to function like a generator and I have like a manifesting edge, which, but I love what you talked about, about also, I like that you call it I've never heard anybody call it abstract. Also, it's called, you can also call it non-specific, but I actually really like abstract manifester. I think I like that better than non-specific. Non-specific feel, did you make that up or did you hear that? No, 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 no. I heard it somewhere and it felt like non-specific felt like less than a specific manifester. No, I mean, yeah. I didn't like that. 
I think it feels, you feel less, in, I'm also, an, uh, I'm going to say abstract manifester. Yeah. I'm also an abstract, abstract manifester. <laughs> and I think it feels a little out of control. It because, does. Yeah. You have to be way more like, I want to feel like this. Or yeah. I want, I always tell people that are non-specifics or abstract manifestors. I'm like, it's better to just say what you don't want. Or give like, mm. a, like when I was trying to manifest my partner, I was like, I want to date somebody between five, seven and six, three. Like really <laughs> vague. <laughs> like I don't want them shorter than five, seven. I don't want them taller than six, three. That's funny. That's how I did it because it's really hard to do man to manifest as like to do like the list and everything when you're a non-specific or an abstract manifester. Yeah. So we're both that, which I think is really fun and makes a lot of sense. So I love that. Also, just to add a little bit to your astrology, Laura's Taurus moon, I would say is very strong because you love like (laughs) cozy things. You love like aesthetics. You also can be very stubborn like a Taurus. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. you also, one of the qualities I think is the most endearing about Taurus is once you guys like have, or, and I don't mean like a rut routine, but you guys like, like once, like I like going to this restaurant for my coffee. You guys don't like that getting changed on you. Like mm-hmm. you might try something different, but you don't like the option being pulled away from you. Totally. Like that's not necessarily fun for you. So um, I think you're definitely a Taurus moon and I can see all your Pisces too, but uh, if you know, if you've ever not done, a, if you've done astrology ever, look at, or bleh, if you've ever done your chart, look at your moon sign. It's really, really powerful. Just FYI. So we talk about our moons probably as much as we talk about our suns. And your moon is your, um, what do you call it? Your emotions? Is that yeah, what you it's said? Like, your internal- well, yeah, it's your emotions. It's like your inner self. I always tell people it's like the interior of your car. It's the thing about your car that you're the most familiar with, but it's not necessarily what everyone else is going to see unless they're close with you and ride your car a lot. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of Because I way. come off as a Pisces because I'm a that's, sun. That's your I'm... rising. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you're going to probably come off like a Pisces or your midheaven. There's lots... There's so many aspects in there. We can, we, we will definitely read, I will read your chart on air for sure at some point. So fun. Yeah. Um, okay. So, and then lastly, please tell us about a time where you had, you followed your intuition and had it begat a magical outcome. Begat. Begat. Begot. Begotten. It followed. It behead. Answer the damn question, okay? (laughs) Just cut you off already. (laughs) Yeah, so I would say a really beautiful um, story about following my intuition is I've always had a passion for fashion, (laughs) Um, but I've never really done anything about it, and it's always been on my radar. And there was this girl that I started following on Instagram who was a personal stylist, and I kept like watching her videos every day. And I would just feel this like overwhelming, like happiness and joy. And, and I would almost start to cry when I would watch her videos. Cause I felt like she was kind of a mirror to me. Like she was doing the thing that I wanted to do. And she had, she was so lit up about it that I was like, Oh my gosh, I feel like I would be the same way. Anyway, she mentioned this event she was doing in Santa Barbara 
which was a branding event. So she would pick out five different outfits for you and have a professional photographer come in and she, you would stay in this bougie hotel and she would walk you through getting connected to your higher self and getting connected to your dream and what you want to do, whatever it might be. It didn't have to be fashion. It could be anything. And so I heard her talking about this and I remember the moment I heard it, I just started bawling like, oh my gosh, I'm supposed to do this. But this event was very outside of my price range, especially being in Santa Barbara. I'd have to travel. I'd have to pay for the event. I'd have to pay for food. I had all these things. And at the time I, I was just strapped for cash, barely making it through and didn't have any faith for it actually working out. But because I felt such an, a strong emotional pull, I was like, let me just go down the rabbit hole and see what could unfold because I can feel such a strong intuitive pull to do this. I need to at least check it out. So I kind of like mentioned it to friends and family, started talking about it. And then I just decided like, okay, what's the worst that could happen? I'm going to go ahead and put it out there and then ask the people that know me the best, if they want to support me in this experience, because it was going to set me up for doing personal styling for myself. Like that was my goal. Like if I could get this experience, if I could get the photos, if I could go through this process, then it would actually set me up in the end to do it because she is already doing this. So she could give me clues and tips. So needless to say, I tell my friends and family about it. And I have two people who came out of the woodworks and they were like, I want to sponsor you and I want to give you $500. And I wasn't like necessarily trying to get money. I was more just like telling people this was a desire of my heart. And if you felt led, like you could give to it. And I think even before, now that I'm saying that, even before I even put it out there, I think these people came and said, I wanted to invest. That's what happened. Now I'm remembering. I had two people say, I want to invest in this. And then after that, I was like, oh, this is real. I now need to open it up to other people. All of that to say the entire experience got paid for in full. I got to go and it was the most magical and crazy experience I've ever had because it blew the boxes that I had had myself in. Like it just showed me that, you know, my tourist moon was getting so happy that I was in a bougie apartment or a bougie hotel and getting my photos taken and getting to wear these amazing clothes and getting to hang out in Santa Barbara. Like I was so lit up and it gave me such great vision and clarity for where I was headed and not even just in personal styling, but just in my heart's desire. Like I am meant to have this, these kinds of experiences. Like I'm not meant to just be strapped for cash and just like be cleaning houses the rest of my life. Like I am meant to do things that light me up and expand me and have lots of wealth. Um, and not just for myself to just like sit in wealth, but I deeply desire to expand my influence and have more cash flow so that I can help other people like I've been helped to go to this experience. So after that whole entire experience, I came home, I started my personal styling business and got to go through that whole journey. And I still do that today. And it's been such a line in the sand for me of like, okay, when I feel that intuitive ping, I need to follow it because it leads me into a greater um, connection to my higher self and expands me into places where I didn't think I could go. Love that. 
yeah, and I remember following you in that and or being talking to you during that, and it was definitely like a very expansive, magical experience. So I think that was a great example. Oh my gosh, Laura, we forgot to tell people how we met. That might actually be a good thing to <laughs> maybe address before we get off here. So how did we meet Laura? Yes, I agree. We met in an internship. Let's see, how many years ago was it? Mm, 2015? No. Maybe. Crap. I don't know. I feel like we should know this. 2015 or... Oh, yeah. Probably 2015. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. We did an internship two years in a row together. Yep. That's how we met. And we didn't like each other. That's actually not true. I did not like you. I just didn't... We didn't connect. We were not in... We didn't connect and it was, but it's, it's funny because I feel like often with people that are even like concepts or ideas, but people that like they're supposed, they're going to have some sort of impact or you're going to have a connection with them. I feel like you all, like if you're intuitive or if you're in tune at all, you almost have like this annoyance that you're not clicking. It's mm-hmm. like, because like, or, it's, or you're not getting the subject or something. Whereas like somebody else, I could just be like, eh, okay, cool. Like, there you are. We're not clicking. No problem. No big deal. But I think sometimes there is almost like this tension because you are somebody that's going to be important in each other's lives down the road at some point. But yeah, because I tried a lot to connect to her and it was not vibing. And I just eventually was like, I don't know what's wrong. I don't know if she doesn't like me. I don't know what the deal is, but this is just clearly not working. And I felt like, okay, I'm just going to let go of it. Yeah. I honestly don't think I had any opinions about it. I think that's what I felt like. I remember just being like, eh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't really, but I'm also, it takes me a really long time to want to invest in new relationships. Like when I meet people, I will watch them for like a year or two before I want to get to know them. And we've talked a lot about like my emotional stability at that point and how I was just kind of like all over the map trying to find myself. So even from like the outside looking in, I wouldn't have wanted to be my friend at that time because I was just like checked in, checked out, checked in, checked out. And it was very unstable and kind of you know, as a friend, a little scary to go into relationship with. I do think that probably had something to do with it. Cause I think I watched you and was like, I don't know what to do with you because I really, as you can tell, I really like categorizing, like you're a Capricorn, you're an Aquarius, you're this, you're that. And I think I didn't quite know what to do with you. And because there was some inconsistency, I was like, I don't know. I don't get it at all. I don't know. But I, But I think moving across the country and having like that space and just like talking and getting to know each other. So actually we became friends after I moved, which was kind of funny. (laughs) It is super funny to me. I'm like, it took us like completely separating to find how much I am in love with you. Just to let everyone know. I think that's what, I mean, me and my boyfriend were friends for eight years before we started dating. (laughs) So I think this might be a pattern in my life. I don't know. Yeah, it might be that I wait a really long time to do things. Hashtag Capricorn. Um, Hashtag worth the wait. (laughs) (laughs) Purity hashtag. Um, 
Anyway, so yeah, so that's how we met, and then we got drunk one night, and we're like, we should do a podcast, and then here we are. That never happened. That never happened, but it'd be a really fun story. I think that's how drunk history started. So, <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, no, wait, I want to say more. Oh, okay, say turn? more. <laughs> yeah, tap, tag, you're it, tap Thanks, in. Mom. <laughs> so, as soon as she left, we started having phone conversations, and... It was like all of a sudden we were clicking and we would have hours, an hour long, like, I don't know, it was like two to three hour long conversations a lot of the time. And it would be about our process. It'd be about what we're learning, like everything, all topics were on the table. We were processing so much with one another. And I, we were like, people need to hear this stuff that we're learning, like not because that sounds really like proud. But we are proud. People do need to hear the stuff we're learning. It is true. But yeah, I guess you're right. I just didn't want to sound prideful. Well, Laura, here's the thing. I am I spent the first six questions answering them with my sex appeal. <laughs> So nobody on this podcast listening is going to be like, you know, that Laura, she sure is arrogant. Victoria, she has got the humility of Jesus. Just just a lamb in the field. Just a lamb in the field. Just a a precious child. Anyways, we had such incredible conversations that we just got to the place one day. We were like, why are we not recording these so that other people can learn and, and go like farther than we went. Cause we had to do a lot of research and a lot of growing and our own personal, we didn't have any like leaders to necessarily look up to, to guide us on all of it. Like we had different people here and there giving us pieces, but we're like, why not have a platform where we can put all of this, like we said in the beginning, so that we can really create a space for you guys to grow a lot quicker and also feel a part, like feel like you're not alone in this journey. Yeah. And I, I think there are so, and there are so many amazing podcasts out there and that's half. No, they're not. That's why we started. Yeah. This. They all suck. So we're here. We are. <laughs> you're welcome world. It's us and Oprah. That's it. Um, that's it guys. But there are so many amazing podcasts out there, but I feel like a lot. And even though a lot of them are broad, I, I don't know if I, I think a lot of them like, you can hear the learning process, but I don't know if there's a lot of people that are like, okay, let's do this thing. Spiritual awakening 101. Here's what you need to know. This is a chakra. This is this. This is that. Go get your crystals. Go do this. You know, don't eat meat. You'll die. I mean, there's just not. Oh God. (laughs) None of that, by the way, is like true that you have to do any of those things. But it is, I think there's a it's almost like you you, listening to a lot of podcasts. I think it's almost like you have to already have some sort of a grid for what they're talking about. Right. Exactly. And me being my little man, gen self, my little MG self, I just would be like, okay, great. I'll research astrology for 10 hours so I can understand what they're saying. And I just thought everyone would do that, but I found out that you guys aren't that bored. So I did it for you. (laughs) And and I also think it's when you get, listen to a lot of these really dense, heavy podcasts. And when I say dense, I just mean like content heavy podcasts. It's kind of scary to like message in or DM like, hey, DM us with any questions. And you're like, yo, what the heck is 
why do people keep saying high vibes and it's freaking me out? Like, like, I think there, it's almost like we're at the point where there's not a lot of podcasts out there that I think are like helping people through the journey and, you know, starting out. So that's what we're here to do. And, but also I think there's not a lot of podcasts that where, uh, I mean, at least that I've heard, I'm not going to say there aren't because they're probably out there somewhere, but I have not found one where the people that I listened to came from a really conservative Christian background. Oh yeah. So a lot of the people that I'm listening to are really out there because they don't have a box. Oh yeah. Whereas I have been getting out of this box and learning so many different things that I had no idea about because I was, you know, trained to think a certain way and that's it. And if you go outside the box, then you're sinning or you're going to die or it's like high stakes. And so to have, and because that's a lot of our, our following as well, at least my, the people in my life that are following me personally are from a Christian background. So I love that we're going to be able to kind of talk about the, like kind of bridging the gap between like, some of the Christian belief systems with a, like new age stuff and what that looks like and breaking it down for people that have just stayed away from it. Cause they're afraid of it. Totally. Cause there's so much, it's really what we're here to do is be translators and also get you guys yes. not afraid of your own intuition and know that you're smarter than you think you are. Because the thing is, is you can, and, and here's another thing. This world, it's so fun and there's so many modalities and there's so many things. You can spend so much money trying to figure out, and I'm putting that in air quotes though you can't see me, trying to figure out the thing that you need for you. And you know what? The truth is Laura and I started out with none of that. We started out just tuning in. And then from that place, we're like, oh, crystals are kind of fun. Oh, how do we respond to yoga? Oh, what do you think? Let's look at our astrology charts. We weren't looking at these modalities to give us answers. We actually already felt very connected to ourselves and God. And when we say God, we mean universe source, whatever you, you know, and our own intuition. Like we felt very connected with those things. And very tuned in. And of yes, these modalities have definitely fine-tuned that and really helped us like work with our energy and understand empaths and blah, all that jazz. But we were not using these modalities as like the fixer or the source or the yeah. answer. And I think yeah. that that's, that is a trap I think a lot of people fall in. And also, I think why a lot of people don't want to start because they're they they're they don't want to spend all this money to figure all these things out. And guess what? You don't have mm-hmm. to spend any money to figure any of this stuff out. You can tune in, listen to yourself, and then your intuition is just going to be like, "Hey, hey, this will help you. Hey, 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 I would really like this. Hey, hey, hey." Like it's not about fixing anything. It's about tuning, mm-hmm. fine tuning versus you know, we're not, we're not trying to save anybody. No. And I always like gave myself permission. Like 
whatever stands out is what you need. So it's like, it can be so overwhelming when you get into like researching this and trying to figure it all out. I don't ever expect myself to retain all the information. What I have given myself permission to do is latch onto whatever is highlighted to me and then let the rest go over my head and trust that it'll come back around when I need to, or if I need it. Totally. And if you do understand a lot of the info, like I'm like somebody that just loves information and I love to understand all of it, but I'm still, I've allowed myself to take all that information in and then let go of what I, same thing Laura said, but I've, I've been really careful to not have to judge the things that aren't for me. And because I will tell you, I will eat my humble pie when I'm like, that's dumb, or I will never do this or that I cannot. So true. Right. I constant. I've actually thought about, wow, I have judged so many people that are doing yep. the same things that I'm doing right now yep. and not like judging really harshly, but just having a bit of judgment towards them. Whereas now I'm like, yeah, now I get it. Now I, you know, yes, me too. I literally said that to my boyfriend. I was like a year ago, I would have thought everything I'm thinking, reading, understanding was crazy. And now I'm like, this has actually given me so much more freedom. And so I have learned that in this process, like you said, not to judge it because you don't know, you might evolve and then there, that piece might actually make more sense to you and be of service to you. Yeah. Because it's kind of like when you're doing a puzzle there, like you might get a piece of the puzzle that you're like, I have no idea where this goes. And it's because that's just not the part of the puzzle you're on right now. But if you right. were to be like, I don't need this because the section that I'm working on is green and this is red. So there's no way I'm ever going to need this. And then all of a sudden there's a red balloon and you didn't know it was coming. Keep an open mind and keep your So keep an open mind is essentially what you're saying. That's what I'm saying. So (laughs) I'm a goober, as you can tell. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode. It was definitely a little bit longer than we thought it would be. But you know what? We are really big on going with the flow and feeling what feels in alignment. And we got in a good flow and it was fun. And that's what this is about. So. You're welcome. And thank you. (laughs) Thank you for listening. Thank you for not tuning us out and keeping an open mind. Keep an open mind. So as you keep that open mind, go over to Instagram and check us out. Follow us, like us, tell us how pretty we are or DM us and say, here's the name of a really nice therapist. I'm just kidding. We have those don't need anymore. Um, But yeah, go check us out over there. And if you're into podcasts and you're listening to them, by God, I bet you do because you're on this one right now. Please like, rate, review, subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend and tell them, oh my gosh, listen to these girls. They're just as crazy and wild as we are. And we really appreciate that. And let us know if you do. Let us know if this is inspiring you. This is, this is you know, just now getting off the ground. So we really want you guys to be involved. So any ideas you have, feedback, thoughts, bring it on. We'd love to hear from you. And yeah, Laura, do you have any any other final words you'd like to say to the Generator podcast audience? I'm just so freaking excited to be creating this space for us all to get to share in what we're learning. And and we really do want to make it interactive, like she said. So 
you know, questions that come up about things that we might touch on that you don't understand. It's really important that we know what our audience is wanting to hear and wants more content and explanation on. So please do not hesitate to reach out to us. You can do that on Instagram and DM us a message on any topics that you might want to hear or greater explanation. So, so happy to be here with you. Beautiful generator. Oh, we need to come up with a word for, well, that'll be later. The generator gaggle. I've already come up with it. I don't know why you keep doing it. You can also tell us what you think of that name because I keep suggesting it. Oh yeah. One last thing. Remember that this podcast comes out every Monday and we will also be, it's not going to be in this episode because this is just our intro episode, but we're also going to do energetic and astrological updates every week. So that will be at the beginning of the episode. So be sure to check that out as well. So that's something to look forward to. So any final words before we sign off? We love you, and we're so thankful that you tuned in. Peace out, and have a lovely day.